0: Hi, this is the Superhero Stuff You Should Know podcast, and I am writer-director Brian Levant, the man who brought you Beethoven, The Flintstones, Problem Child 2, uh, Jingle All the Way, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which we'll be talking about in depth tonight, and TV series like Mork and Mindy, Happy Days, and my long-running Leave it to Beaver revival, and it's a pleasure to be here tonight
1: hey everybody i'm tim flattery and uh, i'm the designer of turbo man booster and dementor and it's turbo time
2: Turbo time! Merry Christmas from all of us at Superhero Stuff. You should know and we have two very special guests. This is Turbo Ben, and with me, as usual,
3: Andrew All the Way. Let's do this! It's Turbo time.
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: So All the Way, I love that. I love that.
2: (laughs) We have the designer of Turbo Man himself, Brand. Yes, as as well as the director of Jingle All the Way. Welcome both of you to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Thanks, Ben. Thank you. It's uh, always good to to collaborate with Tim.
2: <laughs> Likewise. So we're here yes. to uh, cover Indeed. the secret origins of Turbo Man, as well as the uh, the development of the movie, which uh, you know we all hold near and dear to our hearts. That, like I've I've mentioned to a few people, that we were going to do this episode, and like universally, everyone was just like, "I love that movie. That is the movie I watch every Christmas."
0: And and where were these people in 1996? They were the kids <laughs> in the audience. There weren't many of those either. Yeah. Uh, oh man. I, I mean, you know you, you can't make Did a hit it... just on kids uh, tickets.
3: Uh, Did it not yeah, do no, no. well? I remember so. it being a big deal in my uh circles at the time in 6th grade.
0: Uh and, and that's why you're doing this podcast today. But but, but uh, in <laughs> yeah, large by yeah. By, by all accounts, Jingle All the Way it was an abject failure financially and, and and creatively. We were we were we were ground under the heel uh, uh, of criticism <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, of, of, you know, I think I think everybody was gunning for Arnold that he was so huge. And mm-hmm. we were sandwiched between two films which were beautifully merchandised and and campaigns that were planned for years and that that would be Space Jam and 101 Dalmatians, Disney's first live-action adaptation of one of their animated films and jingle all the way was kind of like in March uh, uh, of 95 mm. yeah. uh, somebody at Fox said wait a second we don't have a Christmas movie. oh my god let's green light something let's get a star let's let's, <laughs> let's get this thing going holy co- the clock is running. And and it it was difficult to compete with people whose campaigns were so evolved where where they were everywhere that you looked and there was no room for us. Our our big tie-in was with Union 76 gas stations. That's <laughs> really? Hour, not, not McDonald's, not Burger King, <laughs> not Syria. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it, it 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 never went as it should have. But we we have been redeemed <laughs> and and the fact that here we are 26 years plus slightly that we are discussing it at all is kind of a, a miracle and, and a tremendous redemption that that the audience who enjoyed the film has, has has grown up and grown in number And I find this with a lot of things it's like uh, you know, People, when they reach a certain age, they reach back into their past to try and claim the things that inspired them that, that they they remember on top of so many other things, and and Jingle happens to be one of those. And then a lot of people in your generation are parents now, and they mm-hmm. shared the film with their children, and it's become annual viewing. And uh, we just had a, a beautiful screening. Uh, the American Cinematheque of all places, a uh, screen jingle uh, Thursday night nice. and a seven o'clock show on a Thursday night. I said, who's going to show? <laughs> and it was pretty packed. Uh, and it was people who really, really loved the film. And, uh, and that's not what, what we were expecting. We were hiding under the couches, uh, <laughs> uh, uh the, the weekend in mid November in 96, you know? Uh, and, uh, but I always insisted that we did so much right. There are, it, it is not a perfect film. I think no matter what its cult status today, it, it, it still ha- has its issues. Um, but we did so many things so well, considering the time we had, considering the money we had, considering the technology that was available 20, <laughs> 26 years ago mm-hmm. as, as opposed to today. Uh, I, this afternoon, I caught up with the newest Jurassic Park film. And it's like, they didn't bother doing animatronics anymore. <laughs> no. There's no point in building something for, mm-hmm. for two shots. You, you know, uh, the game is, is completely changed. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this film would be made so differently today. And as would uh, uh, our other collaborations, the Flintstones movies have been Totally CGI'd instead of building bedrock. Instead of right. you know building a, building the Slayton Company in the quarry in downtown bedrock yeah. and, and their neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you'd make doors today. <laughs> That's about it. You know.
2: Very true, but uh, But, uh, I mean,
0: uh, man, I'm
3: just, I'm just so surprised that it was a flop. I I never, I haven't really looked into the box office history of it. In my sixth grade circles, Mm -hmm. we were all about it. And I had the Turbo Man at Christmas too. Like I was 12, I was in. Do you still have your Turbo Man? I don't think I have it anymore, but I had it at the time for sure. Did
0: Did you get the Funko reissue last year?
3: Ooh. I saw that, but I have not gotten that yet.
0: Uh what kind of jingle fan are you? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Look at
3: this. Uh, you're shaming me. I know. Uh, I, I, I am I'm
0: you shaming you, man. I know. I, I mean, yeah. really, I, I I'm in really. I'm about mine. to take off the headphones. So Tim, <laughs> Tim is holding up the Amazon exclusive coming, Ryan. <laughs> the, the Amazon exclusive Funko Pop last year. Last year they re they re-released the original Tiger Toys. Uh, Turbo Man that we thought was going to fly off the shelves, but was still there in March. Marked down, uh, and oh and five other Funko Pop figures, uh, and, and and you know it just speaks to its place in in, in, the, in the pop cultural ethos, mm-hmm. and you know and, and the fact that we delivered on what we promised really, you know uh, I I love the campaign for the 1978 Christopher Reeve film uh, you will believe a man can fly. Oh yeah. And that was our that was our goal is, is is well here and and uh and and you know so many elements went into that but the main thing was well we had to design the the hottest selling toy <laughs> in the world (laughs) and do do the tv show that inspired it and and design the world's greatest flying suit and and so that was so problematic uh you you can't believe all the steps we went through just to get to the design and and it was Mm -hmm. Uh, what I remember, Tim, you you, you tell me, but what I remember is every time we'd come up with something, it was oh, shit. That looks like Doctor Fate. Uh nuts. That, that looks like the Green Lantern. Uh, no, that's Doctor Doom. Uh,
2: yeah. well, we, let's, you know, let's get it, into it, that. Was, then it was
0: it was it was a it was a tremendous search. Let's um, get into
2: that because I, I we have the the final design from Tim. Yeah. That we're pulling up with the visuals right here. Yes, but like I, I've we tried and, and looked, but uh, we didn't get to see any of the ones in development that you're describing for the different.
0: Well, it, we, it, we went through all kinds of different color combinations, and and we wanted, you know, you don't pay someone twenty million dollars and then hide their face. <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you want you want to see his face. Uh, so th- and, and plus we wanted the jetpacks, the turbo ring, the fl- uh, the turbo discs. All these things, all the flying controls, they had to be accounted for. But that all came kind of down the line from, from when we, we attacked, all right, what does he look like?
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
0: trying to pull all these things together. And I think what finally put it over the top was was when we decided to use like elements from like a 59 Cadillac. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you know, if you, if you see the back of him, he's got he's got a tail light on his on, yeah. on the fin on his helmet. That, that's you know the tail light from a '59 Cadillac, and it just kind of inspired you know fins like on, on his boots, and and uh, uh, what what uh, what else? I think too? I'm pulling
2: it out right now. Yeah. Uh, the the best. Shot I could find of this behind the scenes of the sort of Cadillac looking thing. You're talking about that fin at the top on the helmet. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you
0: can, yeah, you can, you can see it. And and actually, there was a little bulb uh, on the back uh, of it there uh, that, that lit up. And, and they were also on his fins. Uh, on, you know, we, we tried to. How, how do you guide it a, mm-hmm. a little bit? And that's where all, all these fins came from. And you know, you know, people. Uh, so it's a rocket, huh? Isn't that weird? And is to me, who grew up with Commando Cody, the old Republic serials, uh-huh. and, yeah. uh, and, and and two reelers, you know, it seemed, and and you know, which inspired the Rocketeer, <laughs> mm-hmm. which right. in turn I think inspired Turbo Man. Um,
1: this was the this was the sculpture that the art department had done once we finished the design the the, the art art this was the sculpture that led to the on camera toy you know the bigger one that he gives to Jamie in the parade. right, mm-hmm. right.
0: yeah and i ha- i actually have this sculpt oh no do you wow. do it? yes and and, uh, and 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 so just to backtrack for a minute that something like that would normally mean so much to me but i was very embarrassed by by the box office reception uh, of the film and, and it hurt my career and it was very hard going forward to to put the same kind of energy and and, and belief <laughs> and commitment to something knowing that you could be uh, lopped off at, at the knees uh, 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 as we were, and so it literally sat in a box in in the garage uh, for 20 years, along with the the Turbo Man from the parade, which I now, for the past five years, is proudly displayed in my office.
1: Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, you have that one too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one.
0: Uh, 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 there he is.
2: <laughs> uh, well- I think we might have missed it. Could you do that again? Yeah, do that again,
1: Brian. We you, oh, you froze. All
0: right. I hope I don't get disconnected. I'll try. Should be all right, fine. Here we
2: go.
0: Oh, oh my oh, god. Look at that. Beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So
0: it's where it's where I can look at them all day because mm-hmm. we have a lot of catching up to do. Anyways, to to get back to, to the design, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we we went through many, many, it was kind of frustrating. And at one point I asked Ben Edland, the creator of the tick. Uh, who I'd met with, hey, you want to knock off a design? And, and he came up with something with kind of World War II B, B-52 bomber wings that, that seemed kind of unwieldy. Uh, uh, and, 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 we ke- and we kept going. But um, mm-hmm. it, you know, you know, the great thing about, about Tim is, is, is he just, he, he doesn't give up on things and he kept grinding and grinding and grinding. And and we said, ah, we finally got it. We got it. It looks so t- totally original. And then one day I said, geez, he looks a lot like Iron Man, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: remember that. I remember that. It was too late by that time. We yeah, were I like, know, I know, I
2: know. <laughs> you guys lucked out, out that there was guy. no Iron Man movie yet, too. That's so.
0: right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, I remember Iron Man when he was all silver. You know, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a
1: there was a, a de- delicate balance between like creating a character that. Um, was was believable, but yet it, it was derived from a Saturday morning TV kids show. So right, there exactly. had to be a there had to be an element of campiness to it, right? He had to look like mm-hmm. a toy. Yeah, you know, it, it had to translate to what a toy would be on the shelves. But exactly. yet you knew that eventually Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be in the suit, and you wanted it to look good too. You wanted him to look good. So mm-hmm. that was a yeah. There it is. It, 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 you know that's a tough thing to do where you, you, you balance out a little bit of camp to it, but at the same time, you want to make sure that
0: it's functional, that it's credible and that it's functional,
1: all that stuff. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm.
0: and, 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 you know, there's so much that went into the design because I didn't realize that once, once we, we, we handed over the the design to KB studios and, and Tim can certainly, um, uh, speak, speak to this. That then the process begins anew. First thing I remember, they did they did a sculpt of Arnold. They cast him in plaster, so that the suit would be uh, uh, re- <laughs> extremely fitted.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. And so, so were you there for that, Tim?
1: Yeah, I I, I did his body cast with Greg Aronowitz. We we ah. if you remember the story, Brian, we um. So we, as soon as we had the design, we were ready to go. We, I was like, we got to do a body cast to Arnold. And Arnold was like, no fucking way. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not, you know, he'd been through it before. It's miserable, you know, because back in those days, there wasn't, you know, it, nobody, we weren't 3d scanning anything. We were doing Elginet plaster right. body casts. And, and, and he was like, no way, go to Stan Winston's shop um, and use the Terminator uh body cast i i did one for them so i went over to their shop it was so old it was defaced and we couldn't use it so we came back and we said we we need your body cast and he said no again he absolutely refused and so finally it was you know you just uh, the the thing that got him was like well look do you do you want to look good in the suit do you want it to fit you and then, Perfect. so he yeah, acquiesced, and i said i promise we'll make it easy on you and you'll be in and out of the plaster in 45 minutes and we'll come to you so we found a racquetball court that was right by his house in santa monica <laughs> wow and we rented we rented it out for the evening <laughs> incognito um and of course like chris columbus and all the producers had to be there because they were worried shitless about him being you know pissed off about the whole process and um he showed up there were there, there were four of us we set up the speed rails on a racquetball court and did his body cast in a racquetball court um i have i've got pictures of some of it I, I should have brought this up earlier sorry
2: don't no worry we can uh, bring them up through this
1: um yeah. b- meanwhile we're we're, we're covering them in plaster bandage wrap and um he isn't saying much but he's got his he's, he's got a stogie in his mouth the whole time don't <laughs> anything without a cigar and um and then came the time where like you know you, you get to the point where you're you got to do his crotch Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, he, he's just staring you down because he didn't know me at the time. I and mean, we actually became friends four months later just from being on set with him that long. But, um, uh, uh, you so know, he didn't know me.
0: plaster on, uh, on your crotch. Yes. You're yeah. Very that helped. Right. <laughs> but he didn't
1: even, you know, like, so he didn't know me at the time. He just stared me down. And so, sure enough, then that's when we got to know his sense of humor because as soon as we started doing his crotch, He had made a bunch of different comments about how people were touching him inappropriately and, you know, taking advantage of his back end at the same time of his front end. And, you know, so the sense of humor started coming out and it was, it was pretty funny. And then, um, we were off to the races there. Um, give me a second. I'll try and open this. Cause I have, do you guys have pictures of like the sculpture over his body cast?
2: uh we might let me take a look through what we have here some of these are from yeah that's that's stuff i was
1: going to show you yeah no
0: but i i now now i was you know when i first saw the body cast itself you know you saw that that arnold was not i mean his his, let's let's put his arms and legs were amazing i mean he doesn't have veins he has like snakes under his skin yeah Yeah. the most incredible huge things you've ever seen but, but with age his his chest uh, the Austrian oak who had the best chest <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, you know better than any playboy bunny at the time uh, uh, <laughs> you know it's just it was just square and massive uh, and and it had and and it had clapped some and he still and he had his abs but they they were they were starting to weigh a little heavy uh, so 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 the 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 suit does embellish uh, his assets very very well, really.
1: Well, and then you have to remember he was I think fifty four at the time, yeah. and when he was bodybuilding he was about two sixty five, and Ooh, in this movie he was about two fifteen maybe. Ooh. Oh, you wow. know, like you okay. know, he wasn't his he wasn't his bodybuilding size, but he was still. Um, Formidable. <laughs> still ripped shit, you know, yeah. like at 54, yeah. like the guy was amazing. Um, and he, um, I have to say, because being in a, being in a suit like this over the course of shooting on the back lot, you know, in the middle of August when it's <laughs> trying to portray, you know Christmas and it's 105 degrees outside, and, you're
0: in the and the and the extras are passing out who are dressed for for winter in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. oh, right,
1: individual. he never complained once. Never come. You know we had him in harnesses, flying them, and you know he would never. He would never complain to like he might say something to me back in his trailer like, "Hey, this is fitting me a little too tight. Can you adjust this?" But he would never. um he was such a professional. The guy was amazing. But we
0: also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we build in some kind of cold pack? that we had, a, we had a cool
1: suit, yeah, you're right. So we had a cool suit, which is just a vest that went underneath. It went over the spandex and underneath the foam latex and we'd pump ice water into it and that would help keep them cool. Um, and But that was back in 90s technology. Yeah, <laughs> it helped. I mean, it definitely helped, but um it was it probably
0: added a lot of weight as well.
1: Yeah, not the not the vest. I mean, the suit itself weighed, I don't know, 45 pounds. Is like 40, 40 pounds <laughs> so uh,
0: good luck running. Good thing you can fly. Yeah. Uh, what I also remember was if anybody had to go to the bathroom, it was like 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd always have to remind him when we're in his trailer and I'm getting the suit on him, it would be like, you got to take a piss before we, oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: He'd go into his bathroom and do his thing.
0: Yeah. Now, now the, the picture that's up I find very interesting because there's a foam model of, of the backpack, just just like carved soft foam yeah. on there, right?
1: Yeah. So K and B did the suit, but, um, TFX, the guys that did the Batmobile for me, I had them do the jet pack uh-huh. uh, because they are better at hard surface stuff. And so and, we, and
0: there, there were servos that opened it, the jets. Yeah,
1: we enough, had, right? yeah, we had linkage that opened them up hydraulically and all that. So what you see in that blue foam, um, those guys were already CNC milling back in the day. And so I had them mill out a
0: foam jet pack. I'm sorry. T- tell us, tell us rookies what CNC. <laughs> so, so it's a,
1: it's a, a computer, uh, a computer milling. It's like a. a oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what, you know, so I had an accurate model of the jet pack of, of the right size that we could put on the, you know, put on the sculpture to, to and see. And how
0: exactly was the jetpack put on the suit itself?
1: So we had a, um, there was a back plate on the um, that the jetpack mounted to, and that that back plate had a harness that we. So when I got Arnold dressed, I put him in the spandex suit, right? That was like an undersuit, and then I put this harness on him that had the back plate for the jetpack on. And that back plate was a piece of of epoxy-laid fiberglass in there that had, um, you know, screw releases to it. And then we put the suit on them, which is what, which is what you see in the sculpt here—the actual foam Mm -hmm. latex suit. But that had an opening in the back that exposed the back plate. And then the last thing to go on would be the jetpack. So I take the jetpack itself, place it on there, and then we just we. Uh, screw it into the back plate like that so it was like a four-step process getting him into the suit it's kind of a pain in the ass but we got it down to and
0: and remember that arnold's contract called for him to be 12 hours portal to portal meaning from the time you pick him up in the morning until you drop him off at home at night yeah and so he'd have to come in get into makeup do hair and then Mm. if we were shooting turbo man which we did for probably uh, uh at least at least nineteen days.
1: Oh more than that, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh out of eighty-four that uh it's forty-five minutes to get into the suit. And plus plus how many suits how many suits did for a stunt team as well.
1: Well we yeah, we ended up making I don't know, twenty suits because there were the stuntmen. <laughs> There was Dan Reardon who played Turbo Man on the uh, who, TV Turbo show. Turbo
0: Man in the TV show, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Who was and, in my, um, my
0: film Captain Zoom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and um, like three or four hero suits just for Arnold alone that, you know, looked Jeez. good. And, um, yeah, so it took, We, I mean, we, you know, I knew I was under pressure when to get him into the suit fast and also <laughs> to keep him comfortable. I mean, I was, you know, the first um, – the first week or two on set was nerve-wracking because I, I, you know, I knew how miserable these suits were and I was I was <laughs> um, you know, just wanted him I just wanted him to be able to play his character in the suit and move the way he did. But then we got into a rhythm and um, he he just you know, he enjoyed it. like he liked being in the suit. He liked the way he looked in it. We would go every time we broke for lunch, he, he would see dailies um, generally by himself and have his lunch in there, and sometimes he'd ask me to go along or or Brian, and we'd watch dailies with him. And he like he was totally into it. I mean, he he told me <laughs> one day when we were in dailies, he said, "I need I need another um, I need another comedy. It was time in my career to do a comedy, and this was the script I wanted to do." And that was his that was his mindset. You know, he he knew he had to break up um you know they couldn't be terminator all the all the time yeah, or... No,
0: it, it, it was great because his kids could come to the set and, yeah. and he didn't have half his face blown off you know <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right yeah that's so he would um if you go back to that i'll tell you a quick story if you go back to that one publicity shot um with me that Oh, no. uh, yeah. So that's Bob Kurtzman. He's the K in k and He does great creature makeup effects. He's directed some movies himself. So he um, he and his shop built the suit. And um, he and I have since become great friends. I just talked to him the other day, but I should, should have had him on here. Um, anyway, this if you look at that shot on the right, you'll see Arnold kind of smirking. It mm-hmm. Because or on the left. The shot on the right, the whoever the set photographer was, he was like, Okay, well, look, you know, look uh, uh like turbo serious kind of thing. But he was shooting a lot of pictures and they ended up printing this one on the left, and you see a smirk on Arnold's face, and you see that I'm holding him by his elbow there. Mm-hmm. It's because he got into this thing where every time Every time, you know, we get the suit on him and we get, you know, pretty much everything on him and ready for camera. And when Brian would call him into his mark, the last thing I would do is put his helmet on him. And this is his sense of humor. So like I would, so Brian would be ready to roll. I would walk up and get ready to put his helmet on me, get this look in his eye and he'd have both of his hands kind of down in front of his thighs. And as soon as I would start to put the helmet on him, he'd hit me in my nuts as hard as he could. <laughs> oh <my laughs> this,
0: was a, this was a game he played. He played with, with the, his, his stunt team, too. The stunt and, team? Uh, you know, yes, yes. When they mean, weren't looking, bam. And, and he got me a couple times. And I remember saying, yes, very mature, guys. You, uh, so yeah, yeah. so he
1: kept doing this. And, and I, like, I would try, like, when I would get the suit on him in this trailer, um, I would have to like to get it around his chest. I'd have to kind of scrouch down and, and pump it up on him. And I'd knee him in the nuts while I was doing it. And he'd laugh. <laughs> it was funny. But he kept doing it in front of the crew. He kept hitting me in the nuts in front of the crew. So this was our last week of shooting. We shot the, um, the interior when he, they put him in the parade float. And this was inside of one of the, um, backstages on Universal's lot and Brian said to me he said listen I need you and the in your crew to be the guys that put this try to put the suit on them because nobody knows the suit as well as you and so we're just going to put you in costume do you are you do you want to do it and I said yeah 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 so you've seen the movie it's mm-hmm. this it's the scene where the guy comes up to him and he's like hey you're the guy uh, i'm the guy and okay, he's here everybody and they we, you know they start putting the suit on him and he's giving them directions uh do you remember that scene
2: yeah no it's 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 what so, leads up to the fantastic third act yeah it, it
0: leads uh, up doing, to the doing the best so we can we to it. disguise what we're
2: doing <laughs> <laughs> all the quick cuts
0: <laughs> we did about four we did about four takes
1: in the the first take brian calls action so it's me and three k and b people and we're you know and i'm I'm the one that has got his, um, that basically is a piece that is gonna, you know, pull it over his head. And um, so I'm kind of pulling over his head and the guy's going through his lines and Arnold's, you know, doing his thing and Brian calls cut and he says, let's do another one. And Arnold comes to me, this is at the, this is the last week of shooting. So this is like weeks and weeks of getting kicked in the nuts from this guy, you know? <laughs> and he,
2: he says to me,
1: he says to me, Tim, he says, um, listen, I feel like I could talk. You know, you're, you're, you're not being rough enough with me. I feel like if I had to talk, I could talk. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you got to be rougher with me. And I said, you want me to be rougher? And he said, well, yeah, I feel like I could talk. And I'm like, you got it. You got it. And I just went and I said, that's it. That's my fucking green light. So Brian calls action to go again. And I just like, I threw caution to the wind. Action. We walked up to him just as we rehearsed, but I grabbed him by the shoulders and I just started kneeing him in the nuts as hard as I could went <laughs> on the ground laughing, cut, cut. And Brian's like, what's going on here? And I'm like, I owed him that. And um, <laughs> so he, he, he was laughing so hard. He started having tears as they had to redo his makeup right there on set. And, um, Brian, I don't know if you remember this or not, but he had one of his bodybuilder buddies there that day visiting him.
0: Oh uh Ralph Mueller who was playing Ralph oh. Mueller. No, you, you looked at Arnold and Ralph Mueller, 6'10. He was the one who played uh Conan the Barbarian in the TV version. That's the guy. Uh, who's uh, huge. And, and, yeah, and, and and I and I and I'm standing there looking at Ralph Mueller and Arnold and I turned to somebody and I said Tell me again how we won the war. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that guy came over to me and goes, Are you trying to hurt him?
1: Are you like, he didn't know that this is the kind of shit had been going on for a month prior to me finally getting my revenge on him. Um, but anyway, so finally we did it again. We got the take, and that was the one that ended up in the movie. But that was like, um, Oh, wow. That was so, anyway, so going back to this picture on the left. So after our last day of shooting, we were doing these photos. Uh, It was the still photographer and there were publicity shots for it and all that. So so the reason I wanted to tell you that whole story is you see I'm holding his elbow, right? (laughs) And you see that smirk on his face and we weren't supposed to be smiling. Look at Bob Kurtzman, he's serious as can be. He's polishing. (laughs) Because he kept trying to hit me in the nuts even in this (laughs) Even in this picture here, like that's why I'm holding his arm to to keep him from hitting me. He just kept going, you know. So anyway, so that was his sense of humor. He was he was um, he was a 12 year old kid trapped in a a 54 year
3: old body. Oh my God! Amazing.
0: In in a lot of ways, no, he he was a lot of fun. We 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 had fun. Uh, I always remember Arnold you know um uh, complaining about the minutiae of cinema photography the measurements the hitting the the, the marks and stuff uh and, and and i always delighted whenever executives or agents would show up on set they'd go ah, the bottom feeders are here again
1: <laughs> <laughs> i remember him saying those things yeah i remember yeah that.
0: yeah, yeah. And, and 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 i guess and i guess you know every after the first take rather than say that was terrible uh uh uh, i guess i fell into a habit of saying very nice so let's do it again and and pretty soon after every time we'd go cut he'd go very nice
1: (laughs) 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 he'd have a guy hired that was there literally he was he was there to light a cigar
0: <laughs> oh my God! Well, would, well, it was, it was a standing. Uh, Dieter was another Austrian Mister Universe, but a Mister Universe gone to seed. Uh, no, it was, a, it was it was the
1: other guy. It was Jim. Uh, he Jim. was he, he was is. actually his clothier and, and um, costumer as well. But he he would he would call his oh, name. Oh, and,
0: right, right. His dresser. His, yeah, his dresser. And and he had he had would Jeff, call his name, and he would light a cigar. Jeff Dawn, who, who who did his makeup and hair. That's right. Uh, well, it was a very good guy. whose father uh, did "Leave It to Beaver." Strangely <laughs> sure exactly. enough, one, uh, another one of my projects uh, for many years. Um, but it, it, we we had a good time, with the exception of uh, of Chris and and his people didn't seem to have as good a time as everybody else on the movie. I don't. Columbus. Know why. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, this was Chris's first film as a producer, and he wanted to establish a level. Of production that was uncompromising, uh, that you know that he wanted everything to be first rate, and that's really kind of how a movie that originally they thought they were going to make for like twenty-five million dollars with Danny Stern became a a list list <laughs> star uh, holiday tentpole release costing 84 million of 1994 dollars which still i guess that doesn't sound that outrageous compared to things you know today like yeah. avatar the way of the water um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so this is originally written for daniel stern is what you were saying
0: uh I, they, that fox bought the film from randy kornfeld who worked for them as a reader and he had and he based this on on his issues Getting a, uh, a cabbage patch doll for his daughter, uh, and mm-hmm. and created the script, and uh, and then and then uh, when they said in March, oh my God, Christmas is coming and we don't have a movie, uh, uh, they gave it to Chris who who'd signed a new big deal there, and uh, and uh, and then I came aboard and there are a lot of rewrites uh, that I worked on that Chris worked on and especially. Uh, Deb Kaplan and Harry Alfont, uh, uh did terrific work, and uh, and the casting process was was uh, uh, a, a lot of fun. And you know the fact that we ended up with such a, a, a an incredible, in hindsight, now you, you look at it. Uh, yeah. Rita, Rita Wilson, Robert Conrad Martin, <laughs> Sinbad, mm-hmm. who's who's doing better after suffering a, a debilitating oh, stroke two years ago. Mm-hmm. We're happy to say he's on the upswing, finally, a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, Jim Belushi, Danny Woodburn. Uh, what, what a wonderful, wonderful group. Chris Parnell and his, his screen debut <laughs> before he was ever role, on SNL. Yeah, yeah yes, no, that. but but I mean he 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 when when we read him, he brought a lot of energy to it, and and that's why he was in the movie, and he energized a scene just 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 by by being so mm-hmm. into it and and and, and bringing the heat as we say. Um, <laughs> right do you remember and, how how was it that
1: Arnold came onto the film? I don't even remember. Well, all
0: it. right. So here, here they thought someone at Fox said, uh, "Hey, let's reteam Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger." But rather than offer them the movie together, first they got Arnold, and then they went to Danny, and Danny said, "I don't think so."
2: <laughs> For the Sinbad role, <laughs> oh. exactly.
0: Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, so you know, the smart, smarter move would have been, "Okay, if you guys do it together, we'll give you." A- <laughs> We'll spray you with money, uh, uh, but but they, they didn't you know they they didn't do that, um, which is really not smart to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it made it much easier for Danny not to do the film. In any case, so so we we read a lot of people, uh, for for the part of Myron the the uh, unbalanced mail carrier, mm-hmm. and uh, and I really love Sinbad because a. It brought some uh, uh, much-needed diversity to to the film. That his comedy was strong, uh, uh, and 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 he had he brought a brought a, a big audience with him, and that he was funny. He was funny, and he was the same size as Arnold. You know, Arnold Arnold fighting you know over over a phone in a in a diner with with Danny DeVito might have been funny with somebody. Just, you know, Michael J. Fox or somebody, you know, it just looks like he's pummeling somebody. So yeah, I like Sinbad because true. he was big, too. That's a great point. You know, point. it seemed like a fair fight in, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways.
2: Especially when he's uh, Dementor at the end.
0: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we should talk about the, de- the, the Dementor uh, uh, costume as well, because uh, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, with, with the brain suspended in, in, in liquid mm-hmm. and, and the dome on his head, which is kind of stolen from Green Lantern at some point, I remember uh-huh. things like that, or maybe uh, just the, it was the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I uh, the original Guardians, not the mm-hmm. not the not, not, <laughs> not the, the Marvel ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the ones from Green Lantern. Uh, the, oh,
2: the, oh I see head. what you mean. Those Guardians, kind of Green Lantern guys. Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can say these things on I, 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 the superhero stuff we'll you should know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Back in '96, not so much.
0: <laughs> that is superhero stuff you should know. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, it's usually my line. And, and, and you know the demon, the, the demon team, the demon team that Tim, Tim did, but uh, you know yeah. it, it probably isn't uh, uh, thought of it as much. But it, it was really great. <laughs> how we were able to make one costume in what six different colors yeah uh, you know uh, and, and 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 the design was just threatening enough to make every little person every every little person stuntman look menacing you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that and booster oh, um, booster yeah. now booster we had fun with right? nobody yeah. likes you booster nobody <laughs> likes booster yeah uh,
2: <laughs> well but, how, how but, about this we we do usually take a break in the middle so why don't we uh, catch up on those other characters that uh, tim helped design after the break
3: just wanted to announce that i have a new podcast called gaming guidon It's about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. If you saw the ranking every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff, you should know you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well. And we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines, such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, aka EGM. So stay tuned for Gaming Guiden Podcast. It's already out now, y'all. Want to tell you about the Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash pod. And on that, you get the $1 tier uh you can join the one dollar tier which gets you the shout out on the board and either visually or aurally, or both at times Uh, (laughs) we want to do the aural uh for the most part uh for newer people uh and then the five dollar tier gets you a whole new show Uh, this show is every monday as you well know and it's free on youtube and the what's nots and um the uh patreon show is every friday at the five dollar tier mark you can if you want binge us for five Mm -hmm. bucks and uh it's like 150 episodes uh, almost 150 at this point and you can uh you know listen to all that content there even the stuff that's been released from the vault none of that has been the full episode as well So Mm. (laughs) trying to keep our uh, $5 tier people happy. (laughs) So, um, Mm. so, but yeah, check that out. And then our $10 tier gets you all of the above. Plus a, uh, it gets you a monthly meetup show where you meet up with us monthly and it's like a zoom like call and we have a topic at hand or sometimes videos we react to and things like that. And that's at the $10 tier. Um, every tier, That you get like the five dollar tier gets you the one dollar tier benefits and the ten dollar tier gets you the five dollar tier benefits and the one dollar tier benefits so check that out at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod we also got the merch which is redbubble .redbubble superhousepod.redbubble.com and on threadless superhero stuff pod.threadless.com Get your Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mug, shirt, shower, curtains, and all the rest artwork by Stephen Santa Cruz. And please send us some audio at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. A bumper would be great. You too can be part of the show. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives as my other YouTube channel, one of my many YouTube channels. And I have... Uh, Also, ThunderwolfDrew.com has my whole portfolio in one place except for Amanorecon.com. That's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. And that is uh, an original idea that some friends and I are doing where it is R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch. And... It is not a fan film, original idea. We have a pitch video right now on YouTube and on the Indiegogo page. We're campaigning right now as of this, uh, when this episode premieres. And this poster art is by ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com. And check it out, please support us on the campaign. And more from that soon. Um, but yes it's uh it's bloody and um if you like that kind of thing check us out and that's it ben
2: follow us on social media on twitter at SuperHousePod, pod instagram superhero stuff pod where we have some different supplemental stuff we even, i've even analyzed the martial arts stance that the keaton ornament from the flash is in so you can check that out on our instagram superhero <laughs> stuff pod uh TikTok Superhero Stuff Pod, Vero Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is benwanwriter.com where you can read a whole bunch of spec scripts, including Gotham, Vampire, Elementary, The Death of Sherlock Holmes, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland, if you're fans of any of those shows, check them out and let us know what you think. My YouTube channel is in the description below, including Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, edit, and narrate with the 8th Doctor meaning Miyamoto Masashi. My personal Instagram is Ryder. If you like cats, my son, Alfie, my cat, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. And if you have an Alfie yourself, then you can get the whisker box, the only cat box with a crazy cat lady and gent. And you can even check out another page on that website, superherostuffpod.com slash show notes. That includes uh, various show notes for each of our episodes, links to the scripts that we review if they're available online amazon links to the stuff we've been talking about including you know brian Levant's book that he plugged for us my life and toys so check that out at superhero stuff pod.com slash show notes lord
3: have mercy y'all do you like hounds do you enjoy pooches do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines talking about dogs y'all Will all the real Slim Shadies please stand up?
0: You know, we first worked together on the Flintstones. Right. Well, it's hard for me to remember 28 years ago what everybody designed. Well, you did a lot of cars.
1: No, I did. No. Um, so I did, uh, I had a huge part in Dino. Um, oh, right,
0: right, right, right.
1: Remember? And then yes. I did um, a lot of the, like, Fred Flintstone's house interior and exterior. That's right. And, and all the, the concept Native drawings,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, which defined it as, you know, as kind of 50s postmodern uh, mm. uh, uh, right. uh, furniture. Yeah, um, I know. I, no, I saw I I have I have the his drawings uh, everywhere in my collection. Did you guys
3: ever read the um, Flintstones comic that came out a couple years ago?
0: Yes, I did. The yes, Really, I did. Uh,
3: really adult one like civilization was a mistake. Yeah,
0: one. yeah. Yes, yeah. No, I, <laughs> so have, good, I right? have. I have number one. I don't know how I feel about it. It, it. It's kind of like like the same way I feel about the the. Oh, so, it's like, if something was a comedy, why are you making it into a drama? <laughs> you know, I, I, I get it. It's really it, different, it, you know, but it, I appreciate it. Appreciated it's, it's much it. more serious, but uh, I, I I I can understand that. But it seems like they stole a lot from what we did, mm. and, and then oh. and then, and with a very different tone. Uh, and, and 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 you know, I think tone is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. In films, and one of the toughest things to sustain. And and you know, uh, as I said, the, uh, went to a screening of Jingle the other night. The tone is very very consistent, and we were we were slammed that we we're so broad, so slapstick, uh, but it, it, it I, I don't I don't see that we have a tone that is consistent to provide the world that this story exists in and everything Mm -hmm. and every, it's not like anything doesn't fit in that world. It's all very much part of the same Mm -hmm. uh, uh, of the same world we we created. And, and, and and that's why I think the criticism is, is, is very unfair. Uh, It it was big. It was funny. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had big visual jokes and giant set pieces and, you know, that's one of the hardest things in comedy. Uh, uh to to attempt and sustain and succeed in mm-hmm. uh and, and and I really finally finally after after a quarter of a century <laughs> more, I finally believe that we achieved that
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and and, it, and it's terrible that you have to doubt your own taste uh so once again you know I'm very grateful to the audience like yourselves who, who has grown up with the film and embraced it.
3: I remember uh, I was getting into movies around the, that time, like a little bit. I mean, I was twelve, but it, the process was starting. Yeah, and I remember everybody liked Space Jam, and I, just because when you brought that up, it was like that. I didn't, I didn't, never really like that movie that much, and but I remember really liking Jingle All the Way.
0: Uh, you know, you, you, if you look at uh, if you look at uh, uh, Space Jam today, I don't think people would. You know, it, it's almost like it's almost like culturally uh, the movies have changed Switched. places. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But <laughs> you know, Space yeah. Jam isn't what you thought it was when you were nine. And, and Jingle <laughs> All the Way is a lot better. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely.
1: So, how that they have... with, uh,
0: you know, that they're not throwing uh, 26th anniversary screenings of Dalmatians <laughs> or Space Jam. Uh, But we're still out there and and part Mm -hmm. of part of I I just saw a thing. Incredibly, we're like one of the very top shows on Hulu. (laughs) Nice. And and on stars, uh, uh, like in the top five uh, of anything uh, on their multitude of platforms that that Mm -hmm. they have.
2: Especially right now. The yeah, holidays. well yeah no, uh, th-
0: this is our time this is our time <laughs> is make, <laughs> making a
3: Christmas movie like that it's like yes we're gonna get that holiday bonus baby
0: like, yeah, you know, uh, you, <laughs> like you Mariah know, Carey style yeah well you know, <laughs> I understand why a lot of musical artists do Christmas albums. Uh, I, I've you know I think a lot of the issues that, that I had with, with our producers uh, 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 were rooted in our perception of Christmas that um, to me, a guy who's Jewish you know, not heavily but you know born into we, we describe ourselves as culinary Jews uh, so, uh, but but to me to do a Christmas movie was an opportunity to do a, a, a huge parade and and to have a marching band in red vinyl Santa outfits and to our producer it was the holiest day of the year so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you could see the, the vestiges uh, uh, of an issue there. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and I, and I was other...
0: very and I was very shy after after Jingle. I was offered Elf. I turned down. Uh, I turned down oh, several, oh, really? several. Yes, I turned down several holiday films because I just came to the conclusion that 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 <laughs> people like me uh, uh, who who don't have any skin in the game uh, uh, shouldn't make Christmas movies. And then and then. I uh, uh, was at breakfast with uh, uh, one of my old high school friends and, and and his son and and his then girlfriend, now wife. And, uh, and, and I said, uh, I, I, I said, what are you doing? I said, I just got offered a Christmas story too over at Warner brothers, but uh, I don't, the Jews shouldn't do Christmas movies. And she looks at me and says, but Jews wrote all the good Christmas songs. <laughs> 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 and it's true. <laughs> Irving Berlin wrote "White Christmas," uh, you know. It goes on and on and on. Rudolph the so Red Nosed, all of them, all of mm-hmm. them. They're all, they're, they're, uh, you know, except for for uh, for the Chuck Berry one, "Run, Run Rudolph." Uh, mm-hmm. They're all written by Jews. And I said, "You're right." And I did the movie, which is actually trending on on HBO Max now. But uh, but it, it made me very shy uh, of entering the holiday uh, movie sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, once again, you know, it, it you know, it, I, I, I try not to think of, of Jingle All the Way as a holiday movie, but I, I guess there's no way around it. <laughs> oh, it definitely <laughs> is.
2: It definitely yeah. is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me have my dreams.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, it becomes a superhero movie in the last thirty minutes. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go. To me, that, yeah. see, see, when I, uh... I first received the script. It opened with a very different opening. It opened with the production line of the uh, toys. And this mm. is where as a toy collector <laughs> Okay. So when I first saw the script, it opened not with a scene from the Turbo Man series, but with the production line of mm-hmm. making the Turbo Man figure. Oh. And uh, and this is where as a toy collector and, and I have 4 or 5,000 Pieces, all, all, uh, many, many, many of which uh, are displayed in my new book, My Life and Toys from G Editions. 480 pages, 1100 stunning uh, photographs uh, of, of a wealth of, of genres and films uh, that I worked on and things that I've collected over the past half century. Uh, uh, but, but, uh, but getting back to the, the the subject at hand, which was what it, it <laughs> opens with the production
2: line of Turbo Man.
0: Yes, and so so. <laughs> what quickly was that? It takes six months to get a toy into production. So the film would have had to have been done by the time we we uh, we would have been able to shoot that ah. stuff today. Yeah. You just fake it. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so we had to change gears, and 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 originally it was written that the the conclusion of, of the sh- of the show was inside a warehouse, and, and I started thinking well, holy cow, how are you going to fly somebody in a warehouse? You, you know, you're going to have it's going to be impossible. And we moved it out to Vasquez Rocks, uh, uh, which it, it was where we shot uh, the Flintstones neighborhood, and you've seen in. scores Mm -hmm. of sci-fi films, uh, Star Trek, westerns. uh, And and it's uh, within the zone, the 30 miles between, from uh, Sunset and Vine. uh, Mm -hmm. Imagine a circle around that of 30 miles. And it's within the zone. It makes it accessible for local crews. And it is beautiful and distinctive because the Teutonic plates, the -hmm. things that cause earthquakes within the ground, at some point, burst through the ground very dramatically and, and are stunning and beautiful. And we played it as another planet. And Turbo Man came to rescue the president and his family <laughs> from the evil yeah. genius Dementor.
1: No. Right. <laughs> With Dan Reardon. There
2: it is. No, <laughs> yeah. There uh, we
0: go. The uh, no, no, that, uh, okay. so, <laughs> so that, that's, that's Richard Mall
2: yeah. uh, of mm-hmm.
0: Night Court. Uh, and for Batman uh, who,
2: fans, is the voice of Two Face in Batman the Animated Series?
0: Is he? Oh, yeah. wonderful! And that is also uh, Justin Tanner, I believe is his name, uh, the little boy who was the star of my Problem Child three uh, mm. movie, which uh-huh. aired on NBC. <laughs> 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 uh, that, the whole the whole opening was was really kind of my quote stock company, Harvey Korman, yeah. who'd been in both Flintstone films, Lorraine Newman, who, who was in the Flintstones. And in, in my first film, Problem Child 2, Justin Tanner and Richard Mall, who I first worked with in 1981 on the Bad News Bears series. Oh, uh, nice. uh, yeah, no, people that I trusted and loved. And Dan Reardon, who, who had uh, been Captain Zoom in my adventures, Captain Zoom in outer space, played Turbo Man. For the same reason, he played Captain Zoom because he had that beautiful voice. Yeah, <laughs> and it was six Perfect. foot five.
1: <laughs> yeah, and a square jaw.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! The yeah. squ- like, like Bob Kane drew Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, for sure.
2: So, Tim, do you want to talk about the, what the uh, development was for the design for Dementor?
1: Yeah. So, um, so Greg Canum Creations uh, did, uh, built Booster and, um, and Dementor here, both for, uh, <laughs> Richard mole and Sindad and, um, Booster, um, was actually the, the puppeteer. Uh, played booster except for the scene where um gosh I forget the Curtis Armstrong yeah Curtis Armstrong except for the Booger, scene where Booger was...
0: from Booger from Booger, uh, right Revenge yeah.
1: And so it was it was really like Booster was pretty much what it was in the script. He was a pink saber toothed tiger. And so that was easy to design because I mean, the script. With a jetpack, with a jetpack. Yeah, exactly. The, I mean, and how the, do you
0: attach it? Look at it. There's gold no underwear. shoulder straps there.
1: <laughs> you know? and, he had, and he had gold underwear. And so that was pretty easy to design because it was pretty straight up. But Dementor, um, there wasn't any visuals written in the script that. Uh, so, Brian and I, you know, we went back and forth. um, A bunch of different times and i think when i think the line i've got a bigger brain came into the script after we designed the suit because that wasn't in the original script exactly Mm -hmm. yeah that's what the the script followed the design and um so this one most of the money went into the turbo man suit it was a tight budget for these (laughs) dudes and that's why
0: but we had a hundred thousand dollars for cigars. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
2: I wonder it's who's responsible for that.
0: But Columbus budget. who smoked cigars. <laughs> yeah. So okay. we
1: so we um we did a a a body cast uh, just a head cast of um, Sinbad and and both Richard Mull and we um sculpted around those so you could see that you know the the head the headgear fit those guys pretty well, and the. The the issue on this one was that you know that that plastic dome that houses that brain actually held liquid. Like you know, these days we would do it completely different with you know a silicone base. But we we filled it with um, kind of trying to remember if it was alcohol or something like that. But the big challenge was to keep that from leaking because it was it was real liquid in there. Um, and then the rest that. of the suit was. Oh, yeah, I mean, the only the only real sculpting that went into it was the helmet and the glove itself. The rest of it was spandex and then some of those fiberglass um, shoulder shoulder pads. And so this suit was a piece of cake to do compared to, you know, uh, Turbo Man, which was like a full sculpt and a full doing a full um, matrix to mold it and all that. And then um, Booster was basically just a foam construction um and and then just dyed for fake fur and and built around that and then we had um simple animatronics for the eyes eyelids and um mouth that uh, a puppeteer
0: which were re- re- that they were remote that wasn't hard It was all use.
1: remote yeah mm. so we had we had t- two puppeteers that's why like a canems inside the shop we're getting this stuff and you'd see people in the back of the shop arguing about who is gonna puppeteer on set because they get sagged um they get residuals, yeah, yeah right yeah. and so i you know I didn't realize this at the time but it's like death match for puppeteers on who's gonna, <laughs> who's, gonna who's gonna get assigned to set
3: definitely right? because serious business it's
1: a serious business and it's something yeah. as simple as you know moving some eyes and blinking them on, on a pink saber-toothed tiger was a big deal because it was a huge paycheck for those those people that got it and also the guy that was inside the suit and um so i got a little taste of that at, at Canam's, and um so so they did that at the same time that can was doing uh and, and i'm sorry
0: tim how did they get the contract did they bid it or, or did you find them
1: yeah. So I, I found a mean, so Jeff Don originally I wanted um, the Gregor Ronowitz who did Arnold's body cast with me. I wanted him to do the turbo man suit, but he didn't have a formal shop at the time. And Jeff Don who was Arnold's makeup, makeup. artist um, at the time was like, Hey, Tim, you know, maybe, uh, Maybe, maybe you should check out K&B. And this is how I got introduced to k and I had known um, a bunch of the other effect shops from like the X-Files feature and some other things that I had done, but I hadn't uh, uh, worked with these guys before. So, but I knew Canum, and I, when I went through K&B shop, they were already doing two shows at once. And I, I didn't trust that they could do all the suits. I would have grabbed them, you know, just one shop, do all the suits. So, they, um, because of a, a, one of the sculptors they had, Giovanni, who was an amazing guy, and then a couple other guys they had in their shop, they got the Turbo Man suit. And then um, with Greg Canham, his shop manager, a guy named Keith Vanderleen, like lobbied hard for it. And I was going to end up going with ADI, a different shop, but he came in and he came in at a really low price and promised. Um, promised the world and delivery and he, and he pulled through, he did it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why I, Greg Canham is a academy award winning makeup effects
3: artist. The guy is incredible, but, um, walking dead, right? No, 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 no. no. I, I, I met Greg Canham actually. Yes. Um, I worked on, um, he did like, I did the eyes of Tammy Faye with him. Uh, Oh, you (laughs) did. Okay. Yes. I know Greg Canham actually. Yes. Yeah. He, like, he yeah. did Mrs.
1: Doubtfire, won the Oscar for Mrs. Doubtfire. Um,
0: Amazing. For C- know, Chris Columbus.
1: <laughs> which is he,
0: Chris Columbus. And,
1: and, yeah, but you know what, Brian, cool. Chris Columbus didn't give those guys, him and Mark Radcliffe, they, they, they didn't care who did the suits. They didn't care that I figured Greg Cannon would be a shoe in, they didn't care. Um, um and so, anyway, only so- cared
0: about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly.
3: So anyway, did they so- make booster toys? By the way, were those on the shelves?
0: Those were those were on the shelves in the movie, but never commercially sold. Uh, okay,
3: okay. <laughs> however, <laughs> Nobody however,
0: wanted. should someone want a booster figure, please contact Rumor Skywalker. R u m o u r Skywalker. Uh, 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 on Instagram. And he, he arranged to have all of my original figures scanned and with a uh, partner, they do beautiful, um, uh, 3d, uh, uh, 3d 3d printed beautifully Uh painted, uh, uh, and, uh, what do you call it when the the, the arms move and stuff? Oh, uh, uh, articulation, right. art, art, articulated figures, which mm-hmm. ours were not. I got you. Uh, mm-hmm. You see, there's no there's no shoulder. There's yeah, no. We don't there's see no, that here There's no there's nowhere this. nowhere for the arms to move. However, mm-hmm. his his characters, and he has, and he has uh, Turbo Man, Booster, Dementor, and the Demon Team uh, available. Uh, and that, <laughs> nice, they, nice. It is it, it, it is. You know, you're paying a, a nice price for it, but you're getting uh, something unique and sculpted from the original.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. So, I should say, the demon team, um, I was buried now by the time we had <laughs> your and- nuts were um, just
3: sore at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I had called a guy who was just genius. I worked with him on Back to the Future too, and he's he was um, uh, an art director up at ILM. His name's John Bell. And um, I called him up and I was like, John can, can you help me out? Um, you know I'm doing jingle all the way and you know explain to him what was going on And literally in a couple of the drawings he he had you know I gave him like what Brian was looking for in the, in the demon team and in a couple of drawings he had um, nailed these guys and so Canem's shop built these as well um, and I, somehow I, I, I don't have the drawings that he did for him, but anyway, so it was John bell that helped me out here with the demon team. Um, guys amazing. Like he's the guy that did all the hoverboards and you know, back to the future too. And awesome. like,
3: oh, man.
1: Uh, like, like all the, like he was like the main visualist for back to the future Two, mm-hmm. uh, And most of the stuff that you see in there was John bell. So, Anyway, he did me a he did me a solid by helping me out on this one.
3: That's cool.
0: Yeah, no, the faces are, are, are great because they are threatening, yeah, and robotic. Uh, uh, and 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 it, and it and I love that we went for you know like the, the Power Rangers. Everybody's a yeah. different color. Definitely. You know, yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you know when you're the creating a toy Ranger. line, that's a, that's a, yeah. you know collect all four yeah <laughs> yeah definitely mm-hmm.
1: well again you know you're you're trying to you're trying to balance between like a campy tv show which is where they right. came from right and um yeah and, yeah so and he, low
0: budget one at that low
1: budget <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> and um and, and yeah so he anyway so he nailed it and those guys again like you're looking at these shots and i just i, I remember this like it was yesterday it was so hot on the back lot of, uh, <laughs> universal. And like Brian said, like there were extras passing out because they're dressed in scarves, winter coats, hats. Oh, it's
0: hard to boots. <laughs>
1: and and these guys like wearing these helmets and in these these were thick jumpers that they're in. They were dying too. Like they were um sure. I remember they had these buckets of sea breeze, you know, soaked rags where they would just like stuff them down in their suits to try and cool them all off. So anyway
2: amazing
3: that's awesome
2: oh man uh andrew did you have any other uh i questions for these guys
3: yeah um i was wondering do you keep in touch
0: with arnold these days and what what is his I, looking I back was,
3: on the film now what does yeah, he think about it
0: I, I i know that he's that he's very happy okay that it, it has been redeemed uh, you know, this is someone who didn't court failure well. I will say <laughs> that that um, that the money that the box office earned uh, on Jingle All the Way uh, for his next uh, several films before he ascended into politics, that the results were very similar. Uh, strangely enough, uh, if you live you know, the Sixth Day, all these. They were all about $60 million with the exception of Eraser that came before and uh, playing Mr. Freeze and, and, and whichever Batman that was. Uh, (laughs) Now Batman, Batman Batman returns, who can tell? Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, they, they actually came to, I remember this distinctly when we were shooting on the back lot, Um, Bob Ringwood came to set because he wanted to see Arnold in the Turbo Man suit because he was in the middle of starting to do Mr. Freeze and building, ah, and finding Mr. Freeze. Nice. And they wanted, they wanted the body, again, the body cast thing came into <laughs> and I was like, no, Tim, Tim Flattery just did one. And they, so they wanted our body cast that we did.
2: They, okay. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I
1: remember Bob and I knew Bob from, obviously from the other Batmans. I knew him well. Mm-hmm. And he, he came to visit the set met with Arnold and the three of us were talking and then Arnold, he was in the turbo man suit and he, t- he turned away and he walked away from us and Bob looked at me and he goes, you know, you did it. That looks like a cheesy toy.
0: A <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, <this laughs> <little laughs> man who put nipples on Batman. And, Robin. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> and, and
1: I, and I thought, you know, that was actually a, ge- a, a genuine compliment. from mm-hmm. Bob. It really was yeah that's cool (laughs) he was funny you know it wasn't he was actually he he, yeah
0: i'm sorry did he do the first batman
1: yep he he was so
0: he really he really pioneered he uh, pioneered
1: foam foam latex and Mm -hmm. um the second one that you know redoing that that that's why that suit on um you know a Michael Keaton looks better because Michael Keaton is claustrophobic and refused to have his head cast. And that's why in the first Batman, you'll see a big gap between the collar yeah. and his cheeks. Yeah. And they were able to they were able to dial that in for the second suit. And that's why you see the second suit in Batman Returns fits him a lot better. And then um, in Batman Forever, it was Joel Schumacher that wanted nipples on that suit. Not not <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had a feeling that's what you were going to you were going to chime in with. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was that was all Joel. He was um, he was all about it, but Bob was um man, what a talented dude that like just knew his shit and you're right brian he pioneered like the foam latex superhero suit that was Mm -hmm. that was him and his crew
0: um, no without without him you know the the biggest advancement is you know like the the uh, george reeves suit
1: (laughs) exactly right right. you know like some spandex or or whatever
0: you know before they even had spandex (laughs) right yeah he was before spandex (laughs) just
1: just cloth over muscle yeah Mr freeze after
0: that and then and then went on from there
1: I mean he immediately went from jingle to Batman, batman
0: but, right. well, The batman and, and I will point out that because Batman took so long to shoot that there were kickers in his contract that gave him extra money so he oh. was hired for 20 million and ended up clearing 28 million nice. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, as Mr freeze.
1: No shit. Jesus. That's interesting.
3: Did he go straight from Jingle all the way, and, and, to and on, then Diamond froze?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He no, did directly Andrew. He from. Went...
0: Directly from. Yeah. Mm, okay. A- actually, actually they—I I believe they had actually started shooting they before did. we wrapped.
3: Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, That's they were in pre-production
1: um, the whole time we were on the backlot Universal. Like the last okay. month, we were shooting Jingle. They were were well into pre-production and um and they started in on the mr freeze suit before we wrapped um okay that's yeah. why that's why bob came over and visited you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah i know tim you were telling us last time how um you turned down batman and robin <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and you, were you were working done. on this and, you were losing uh, your mind, you said. <laughs> we were like, you've been but, doing but, you,
0: but me, you, you designed the second Batmobile, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. The Batman and, Forever one, yeah. And for yeah. Batman Forever. And it's a, so they're bringing up that, you know, uh, they called again for Batman and Robin. And I was like, I just I can't do that again, man. I, you know. <laughs> so I,
0: I have to ask you, uh, what is your favorite Batmobile?
1: <laughs> well, um, that's a tough one. I'm going to. Okay. For the feature, my favorite Batmobile overall is obviously George Barris's, the Adam West Batmobile. Classic. All right. um, the, yeah, the Futura, I've got I've got the... There's Di- a concept
0: Gatti. car in what, 1956 or something, right?
1: Right, that, yeah. <laughs> and um, But I have mad respect for the Tumbler and what it can do as an actual running vehicle and how it wow. mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Mad respect. Andy Smith that built that car, like just pure fucking genius. Yeah. Um, and um i and i love the way it looks and i love the way it articulates and and it to me like it it speaks to what Senkevich originally wanted for the for the dark knight right huh. you know in in regards to this oh thing. you mean uh miller uh, i mean frank miller i'm sorry oh, okay
3: i was like It frank- was part of a movie <laughs> Sorry, well, Drake and stuff. in the yeah. Dark Knight, yeah.
1: The
3: Dark returns,
0: Tom See up. now, now my know. favorite Batmobile is, is is I don't know if it's the original original, but the one with the big fin in the back that was molded uh, from the, from the 1937 Dela Plane, uh, uh, which is the the, the car that uh, Cary Grant and Joan Bennett get killed in in the original Topper. <laughs> that's
1: yeah, well, I mean that's from the old Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going
3: back.
0: We're going we're back to the comics. 30s,
3: 40s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the serials? Uh, no, the no, comics, no. To the comics. Oh, just the, com- the comics. Oh, the comics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A, actually,
0: yeah. actually, there was a Batman annual, I believe, that with, that, that the cover was Secrets of the Batmobile. That was a whole special issue.
3: Yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. That's the, yeah, I remember we were talking to Tim about carrying over that Finn into the Batman Forever Batmobile. And stuff yeah, that's so why. That's why I've
1: got that big fin on mine. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's based on Bob Kane's original,
0: right? Right. And, um... Which was. <laughs> oh, you froze, was. Brian? What's that? Hey, we're back. <laughs> I, I, what was that? I said it's all. Uh, that was that was, Bob Kane was influenced by the Delaplane, the French car with that. Thin, a two-seater ah, sports
2: car, very okay. long
0: sports car. It's yeah. just a beautiful piece of uh, automotive history. Yeah, yeah it yeah, makes yeah. sense.
2: It sure. provides the bat wing, you know, like it, it, it gives the bat aesthetic to a car.
1: There, there you go. Somehow we went from jingle all the way at Christmas time to bat back to Batman. It mean, always to kind to of circles back <laughs> on our show. <laughs> it
3: always comes back around. <laughs> it's like it's like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We'll find a way.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, I, I this has been great, guys. Uh, I I do have to say that the with this movie, I think it's special to people because. You, you know, we can argue about whether or not it's a Christmas movie and stuff with you, Brian. But uh, I well, think di- really... all
0: right. Let's ask this: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
2: <laughs> <laughs> to me, anything set during Christmas is a Christmas movie. I'll pretty use pretty that much, as an excuse yeah. to watch any movie that's set during Christmas. <laughs> so... <laughs> Batman Returns is our Christmas movie for this podcast because we have so many Keaton fans. Uh, <laughs> but for, for this one, I think what makes it really special for like the fans of this is that third act where it becomes a superhero movie. And it's basically you become a superhero for your kid, a dad becoming a superhero for your kid. and I think that's what really comes together for all this. That's what really sticks with you. And I think I I know you were mentioning earlier, Brian, about like, critics were criticizing the tone and stuff. But it's like it's really, you set up a world where you can have a dad become a superhero at the end of that movie. And that's why it works for us that's why that's why all these people are showing up for these anniversary screenings for you and stuff is because it, it means something special to them
0: well bless you all <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you What audiences just
1: weren't ready for it in 1996 i think that you guys are it, ahead of your time i think ahead it's a new man. generation to, to like see the movie because I, I you know i gotta tell you ben when we you know when we went to the screening and the movie finished mm-hmm. I liked the movie and I was really proud of it. I was really proud of the work that we had done on it and how fast we did it. You know, there was a time crunch in this movie. That was insane.
0: I believe post-production was 12 weeks. Normally on a film like this, you'd have about 28 weeks. Oh my uh, God. Just to finish your cut. Uh, That was till, 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 to put it into the theaters on schedule. Like I said, It's like you know someone at Fox looked at their watch and said, oh my god we don't have a Christmas movie <laughs> <laughs> and we were jammed in into the into the into the chamber to the world I think like
3: with my generation, we were already teed up also with kindergarten cop. Like that was the movie that they would wheel in with the T V to watch in the classroom when the teacher was hungover that day or whatever. <laughs> you know? It's so not we watch a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we watched a lot of Kindergarten Cop, and it was just like, oh, this is the next comedy for kids for us, with Arnold right. in it. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, although, I would argue that, that uh, Kindergarten Cop is far too violent to be a family. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the, the third act, is, 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 you, know, <laughs> you know, like ripping people's heads off and stuff. You know? I saw it so
3: many times, I think. <laughs> in school, too. Like the... T- <laughs> I, I don't know, but yeah. It was the 90s, man. I don't know. Man. You know, all of a sudden, time.
0: you know, in, in today's world where you got armed people walking into into schools with guns. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know if we'd pack the same punch with parents. a nice. uh,
2: different world <laughs> now. Screw, but... Different different time. <laughs> it's but I, I think yes, this is. But, this, but, this holds up because there's so much.
0: Time. That, yes. That's what I love. Yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yes.
2: And I also think people can relate more, like we've become arguably even more cynical. So the sort of cynical take on Christmas kind of just really holds up now where you're like, you know what, that is true, that this is a stressful time. It is true that you're <laughs> going to be fighting fist fights, you know, at the <laughs> local Walmart over an action figure or something like let's Yeah. It's, it's, yeah.
1: It, 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 and I, I remember that stress back when, you know, I was raising my kids and it's real. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no doubt. Like, you know, they asked for something for Christmas and it like I remember that feeling of it was life or death to pull through for them. You know, they right. wanted that one. You don't want to thing. disappoint. Them. You don't want
0: to disappoint
1: your. You, kids. Don't to disappoint your kids. you don't
0: want to disappoint your kids. You don't want to disappoint your audience. And and mm. now I finally feel that we we've succeeded.
1: Ben redeemed, <laughs> <then, laughs> yeah. I, we Brian and I were talking about this on the phone a few months back when um, he he was calling me about his book and. Mm-hmm. Been, uh, which feature
0: happen. which features uh, some some of Tim's work in, in the jingle chapter, That's awesome. and I yeah. thank him for that.
1: I think in the Flintstone stuff too, maybe. Oh like, yes! Oh yes! <laughs> and and we were talking about this and the, the just like you know like how we feel redeemed about jingle and that the fact that it's like a a, a a cult classic. I guess maybe is the best way to put it.
0: I think it's actually gone beyond cult. Now it's just it a, a, a holiday classic. Is it a classic on the on the, the level of "It's a Wonderful Life," uh, who was who was critically and financially shunned in 1945, and and has become a holiday perennial? I don't know if we're on that level, but we have an audience and people love it and people watch it every year. And I never would have believed that there'd be marathons and anniversary screenings. And new lines of toys, and that they would be that the Turbo Man would finally, 25 years later, be the hottest toy (laughs) in America.
1: You know what's funny? You know what's funny, Brian? I get more emails about um, asking for a a signed Turbo Man print than I do Batmobile prints. Really? That's for real. Wow. It's true. Like I, there's, there's more, yeah, there's more kids that will. Turbo
0: like, fans than bat fans. Amazing. They, wow. they,
1: right. they, they want to, they want to sign turbo man print. Um, <laughs> over yeah, for sure. You know, because still, you know, people will find you and they find your website and they can mm-hmm. email you from there. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. And that's when I realized not, not that like, you know, I'm getting a bunch of hits or anything, but that's when I realized in my <laughs> small own little, little world that. Jingle all the way! It's for real now, mm. you know. Yes,
0: yes it is. Oh, I just, I just noticed. I, I do have Turbo Man on the cover of the book too. How about that?
1: No. Uh, <laughs> I didn't notice. Where? Uh,
0: uh, right next to Gumby, I believe. That's one of the slots. I filled the slots in the original. This is the cover of My Life and Toys. Is, is is a satire, uh, more or less, of Sergeant Pepper. And every oh, figure right. in there is right. as close to the original person as could possibly be. In the toy world, and <laughs> and I believe that where Jingle uh, or Turbo Man is positioned, is one of the four photos that the uh, people who uh, whose images they used refused to be part of *Sergeant Pepper's*. <laughs> I oh. filled them in anyway, so I can get four more in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I see him back there now.
2: Yeah, yeah he's under the A and the M.
3: Who's in the uh, alistair Crowley position?
0: Wait, who? You'll uh, have to be more specific. So, that was like
3: this occult guy that they put on. Yeah, no, the no. But what Pepper. role was he? Oh, I can't remember. I, I thought maybe you would know. I, uh,
0: uh, I think he may be. I, actually, I think he may be the Quaker Oats man. Oh, really? That makes sense. That actually is perfect. Yes. Perfect.
3: They look about the same.
0: Yeah. All right, then I think I got it right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a
1: great book and um a, a shitload of writing that brian did i don't know how long you worked on it and dense, man it's thick um it's <laughs> yeah. it's like a holy man. it's a
0: coffee table book the size of a coffee table <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's
3: awesome
2: yeah
3: oh you have awesome. noise there in the bottom yeah i see the There's noise a lot of
2: gems here yes
3: that's awesome oh
2: man <laughs> all right well so it's on
3: amazon and all that
0: Oh, yes. Amazon has the lowest price I know of. So, so go okay We'll get fast delivery. Go
2: ahead and <laughs> for, check that out, Time, time for Christmas
0: for the, for the collector in your life. My yeah. life
3: and toys. Brian mm-hmm. Levant. Mm-hmm. It's for
1: real. I remember the first meeting I had with him at his house, and I just went, "Holy shit!" How and this was, this was in the '90s. I was like, "Oh yeah,
0: there's <laughs> a lot more since then." <laughs> I
1: was like, you know, I was like, I thought I had a problem, and and I walked into Brian's house, and I think this was, um, yeah, this was in the '90s. We met about jingle. Nice. This was, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. Um, it was after the Flintstones and I was just like, holy shit. And he had like every Flintstone memorabilia before he did the Flintstones
3: in there.
0: <laughs> That's all Spe- I got. Speaking the of job.
3: Flintstones, I have I have a I have a really dumb question about the Flintstones before we're out of here, but well, then maybe you I got to say every right. <laughs> every time. I think you should. <laughs> every time the McRib comes back, I think of the Flintstones movie. Every time was that somebody in marketing like whose uh, no idea no was to... what
2: they did
0: uh, they they did a Flintstone packaging yeah uh, for the McRib in 1994 that uh, that copied. Our Rock Donald's uh, uh, structure, which was based on on the original kind of modernist McDo- uh, McDonald's franchise of the late 1950s, and okay. the golden arches were made up uh, uh, of, of mastodon talk tusks
3: right
1: uh,
0: and, and and in the movie it's introduced when we first go to bedrock someone's changing the sign to read over over 12 dozen sold right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and they did a beautiful job of translating that into into the mcrib box uh, uh, where where the the arches uh, stood up on the sides uh, of the box and I have one. It's in the book, uh, 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 but yeah. you know that was a great thing about about the Flintstones uh, was it, it 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 the merchandising was immense and successful and and like Jingle, everything came from our designs. They didn't uh-huh. make stuff up; they took it organically from the film, and and the same existed uh, with, with Jingle. We just didn't have the same number of promotional partners or or the kind of campaign that was so well thought out and executed on the Flintstones and, and that's why we really did come in a, a, a distant third in that family film competition in November of 96. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Well
3: I'm glad I asked actually uh, that was a an, uh, g- great answer I just <laughs> even though it was maybe a dumb question but no. I, just every time the McGrib is back, there's something in the back of my mind that's like, that was, that was in that Flintstones movie back in the day. <laughs> hey,
0: not in tr- the Flintstones, but <laughs> in, in, in the packaging. I mean, the yeah. packaging. My association
3: is <laughs> so, so strong.
1: Yeah. We should mention, <laughs> uh, just to, because of all the visuals in there, the production designer and the Flintstones, Bill Sandow, who, mm. uh, him and the art director, Chris Berry and Moore, like, um, the, that was we. Everything in that movie was designed and built. It was all
0: six thousand know, sets, costumes, cars, and props.
1: Every and it was yeah. quite an undertaking. Yeah, I mean, like design every approved.
0: Everything went through me, and we got very good in translating everyday objects into into Flintstone objects. I'll give you my my favorite example is uh, in in the Flintstones refrigerator. We built a, a version of bird's eye frozen vegetables. Uh, and instead of a bird, we did a pterodactyl. Uh, you know, we, we did we did, you know, for example, all everyone had a watch. And, and we had Fred had a Mundavi <laughs> inspired uh sundial on, yeah. on his wrist. You know, we we took we took the design of the era and subsequent and translated it into Flintstones and, and the, the art department was, was amazing. And, and uh, on both films, what, what we, what we attempted to do and succeeded uh, really, really was, really was amazing. And, 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 you know, to work with, uh, with such talented people in the art department, I, if I, if I, if I never left the art department, I would have, been very happy every day uh, um, yeah. because that's where the creativity was and that's why it's such a pleasure to work with people at like Bill Sandell uh, 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 like Tim, Chris, Chris Burian, Moore, uh, all, all, the, all those guys, uh, you know everyone was so talented and so into it and, and we had a, yeah. a, a great time and, and and now you add in the Henson Creature Shop mm-hmm. and, and, and ILM <laughs> mm-hmm. And Spielberg and Kathy Kennedy, uh Bruce Cohn and Colin Wilson uh, were producing their first films. Now, you know, 20 years later I say they both had best picture Oscars on their mantles and I was still doing adaptations of Anna Barbera stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, cool. But you know, we you know it was a moment in time where everything came together and, and we felt that jingle was a moment in time where everything came together, but it didn't. But it has happened since. And so, so we are happy and redeemed uh, and, 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 and kind of surprised uh, and, and, and grateful because these things don't often happen in yeah. life. Uh, and the fact that I've got my, my turbo man sitting there where, uh, we had a lot of catching up to do after he was stuck in the garage for over 20 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, keep, keep that thing out. That, that's yes, it, we
0: Yes, we are. All right. Thank you for, for the opportunity. And so yes. good to visit with you, Tim. You look great.
1: Likewise. Back at you, Brian. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. you guys got something you can edit together here. Oh, <laughs> totally. Totally.
3: Yes. It's,
2: it's Absolutely. Great. Yes. Loved it. <sighs> that, it. that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for putting together the research for the various Turbo Man concept designs. Let's go over uh, some fan comments. But first, big thanks to Logan for this. I thought this fits with the theme of the episode. Schwarzenegger is Doc Ock mock-up. And he did in the light awesome. of uh, last week's Spider-Man script. So, Thank you Logan for that and uh, you'll see more Spider-Man James Cameron stuff next week. This really fits.
3: Oh yeah. That, the way he, his look, yeah, the Doc Ock Schwarzenegger.
2: And there's that cigar.
3: I know. <laughs> I mean, it would have been much more badass Doc Ock. I mean, we we were really lucky with Molina, but Yeah. In, in another world this is not bad and plus Kind of, you know, I know it's stereotypical, but the scientist with an accent, a German accent, an evil, yeah, scientist. he's already got <laughs> it, yeah, Austrian <laughs> accent, you know what I mean? It, it really, I think that's something that works. Although, like, it
2: seems like yeah. okay, that fits, yeah, it's great, it works. Uh, all right, so ac- actually, our comments, uh, a couple of our comments come from Twitter. So, uh, Douglas Kirchner uh, says. I have a question what Battenson now with Battenson now being more of a heroic symbol of hope. Can he also still be effective as the boogeyman to the criminal element? Can criminals fear him still work uh, moving forward now that he was out in the open, helping first responders? Uh, well, Douglas, I feel like, you know, the answer to this, because I actually looked at your uh, Twitter profile after you uh, sent us this tweet. And I think, you know exactly how that works. Like the, uh, like the comics where, you know, he's very much a symbol of hope to the citizens of Gotham while also striking fear into evil into uh you know the, the all the different batman villains and the arkham inmates and in a way kind of providing hope and redemption to the criminals by offering you know the guys who are down on their luck and kind of feel forced to crime ending up you know giving them jobs at wayne enterprises so uh that's pretty much what i expect the next one to go into but you know we'll just have to wait <laughs> give or take three or four years <laughs> who knows yeah. what's going to happen but uh, uh yeah thank we'll you have to see that about does. that <laughs> yeah thank you yes uh asker says you did a great asker uh bug booge you gotta let us know asker uh you did a great video disproving the whole batman doesn't use his money for charity horse shit i was wondering if you could do another video of that like disproving another dumbass take that which is (laughs) batman is fascist best regards Ask her, this is one of those topics that I wonder if we're giving more publicity <laughs> to a bad take by doing a whole video on it. So I don't it's know. Not maybe. quite.
3: It's not quite as many people saying that as the the as whole the charity thing, thing uh, yet. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll so, see. So, um, yeah. This. Not we'll yet. It. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we'll consider it. It depends on it, but I, I'd hate to like basically publicize more of that if it's you know if it's not already super popular. Uh, of an unpopular opinion. But thank you, Asger. Thank you. Uh, Ryan Spangler commented on our uh, Batman Hidden Gems episode that we released from the Patreon vault. Uh, Any of the Royal McGraw and Anderson Gabrick stuff from the early 2000s has always gone under the radar. In my opinion, there are lots of emergency slash drawer stories in there where they just had to publish something. But they're really fun. Stuff like Hush Returns is a blast, especially the floppies on 2000s DC newsprint I remember Royal McGraw. I always thought that was a fake name when I saw that. Um, Also, Bill Willingham's uh, Legends of the Dark Knight 168 is a masterpiece. Uh, Batman falls off a building, hits his head and forgets who he is. He wanders Gotham, getting his ass kicked as he starts piecing it all back together. I won't spoil it, but track it down ASAP. Um, I actually first read that because they included that in the Batman Begins comic book adaptation collection. And they threw that one in. I don't know why it's not really relevant to begins, but it's it's a good it's a good one. Uh, My favorite, though, is Mask, the two-parter from Legends of the Dark Knight, 39 to 40, where Bruce wakes up in the hospital without his mask, having lived in a delusional world where he thinks he's a superhero. Stop reading after the first part. If you really want the ending to trip you out, took me years as a kid to find the second half. So it always ended perfectly with 39. Enjoy. You know, we are spoiled having, uh, you know, all these digital comics and stuff because, you know, back in the 90s and stuff, you just had to track that shit down like old school style.
3: Long boxes and shit.
2: Yeah. No eBay, no Amazon. Just like go to the comic shop and you're out of luck if you can't find it. Yeah. Uh, And last edit is I will say that I believe Neil Adams, the goat, never once made any of his work better with recoloring. Not one panel. That omnibus was a bait and switch that I fell for. Regrettably. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I agree with you on this. It all looks kind of – I'm afraid to say it just looks tacky. <laughs> all the different reprints, all the original colors look a lot better for Neil Adams stuff. But the GOAT, rest in peace. R.I.P. Over thank to you, the fan shout-outs.
3: Okay, we want to thank um, everybody on the board, of course, but some of our more recent people, of course, which would be uh, – let's go with Billy L. Yusuf A., Kevin R, Derek O, Mark M, Renee V, and Braxton W. Thank you, everybody, for all that you do, uh, and for being a part of Patreon mm. and our other supporters as well.
2: About that. I think that is it.
0: We want you to do
3: us a favor.
2: We want you to tell all your friends.